Hi everyone, welcome back to Turf and Tarmac, the SECU official podcast with me, Rachel, and our host, Callum. This season on Turf and Tarmac, we've been speaking to some of Scotland's top riders from across the motorsport disciplines to find out a bit about their riding experiences and their favourite moments of their sporting career. This week in the podcast, we're joined by Lewis Rollo. Lewis Rollo races in the Pirelli National Superstock Championship, which runs alongside the British Superbikes. Uh, and he rides for the Lee Hardy Racing Team, which is the RAF regular and reserves team. Through this interview, we'll go through Lucy's career and um, you know we'll have a bit of a laugh. It's a really laid-back interview, um, so yeah, hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the SACU podcast. Our guest this week is Lewis Rollo. How are you doing, Lewis? All right, I'm good. You? Yeah, not bad at all, thank you. Not bad at all. So, obviously... We're good pals, have been for years and years and years, so um, I know loads and loads about you, but why don't you tell our listeners who you are, what you do? Um, I'm Lewis Rollo. I race uh, the British Superbikes in the Stock 1000 Championship. This year I'm with RAF Kawasaki, Lee Hardy Racing. Uh, you know, so obviously the road racing is uh, the, the one that I do as well, so it's really, really easy for us to sit and talk about this. Um, so tell us a bit about the discipline you're riding then and how you got started here. So same as you, Callum, when I was five, six-year-old, we would be at the Scottish Bike Show, um, see the mini motos, and then got talking to Alan Macintosh, Macintosh mini bikes. Um, got a shot on the mini moto, went up to competition, got a free mini moto to race for the year and then won the novice championship. Um, and then just that got the ball rolling and just progressed through the years, racing yourself, racing everybody else. And the mini motos for a kid to be racing a motorbike against all his friends or traveling around Scotland. England and then over to Spain things like that it was just amazing as a youngster to be able to do that but I've same as you family's been into bikes for years my granddad done speedway my dad done enduros cousin done road racing so I was brought up around it and um, it was just it's nice to have been able to stick at it for so many years and now actually be able to do it kind of semi-professional no, absolutely. I mean, like like most of us who's, who are in road racing, sorry, do start with Tosh. And, uh, you know, it's actually today's Tosh's birthday, isn't it, the day we're recording? So happy birthday to Tosh. Yeah. Um, happy so, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, uh, we all kind of start in the same way. And like you say, you know, it's, it's generally because a family member does it or you know someone who races or something like that. So it's uh, all of us kind of start on the, the same journey at the same kind of point in our lives, don't we? Or most of us do. Um, so, you know, a, Starting at the very, very beginning then, we'll go try and go through your career bit by bit. So tell us a bit about your beginning years in the sport. Then I raced against you for the Junior A Championship, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, then moved up Junior Bs, Junior Cs, uh, featherweights, lightweights, middleweights, open class. So worked my way through all the classes, um, managing to win most years done the three championships in one year, I think three years in a row. Um, then when I was 12 years old, moved up to the Aprilia Super Teams down in England. Um, so that was the first time I had kind of adventured down south. And 
learning a lot of new tracks. Um, we turned up in our first year at 12 year old and managed to win the Aprilia Super Teams. And it was quite amazing. Um, obviously, Alan came down and helped me. My dad was there. He ran me about the country and um, I can't thank them enough for that. Then Ian Newton, he gave me a 450 to race the following year. So had dispensation when I was 13 to race that. Moved up in there. Big learning curve again. A few crashes and things like that. But we finished fourth in the British Championship at Thundersport. And then we won the Scottish Super Twin Championship. So that was another good progress. We'd done that for two years um, until I was 15. And then we got dispensation to race a 600 in Scotland where we managed to win the Scottish 600 championship. Then went to BSB the following year um, to compete in stock six. We finished fourth in the championship and got a few second and third places. What was nice being on the podium at BSB then 17-year-old moved up to Stock 1000 uh, with MSS Kawasaki. Another big jump at a young age, but it was a good learning curve. And I look at, it, okay, I could have stayed in Stock 6 and tried to win the championship. But if you get an opportunity, you've got to take it and see what happens. That year never went to plan. Um, the following year, I kind of got left without a ride. And... Dennis Hobbs with Shane from High Sparks, they managed to put a Ducati out in the try options for me. Finished second in the championship, but it was just a good year. It built my confidence back up. Um, it showed me I could still run at the sharp end because I got beaten up a wee bit in Stock 1000. And it was a nice confidence builder. We'd done a few wild cards on a 1199 Ducati. And at the last round, we were leading at Brands Hatch at the final race of the year. So that was nice. I crashed out, it, but I was still at the front fighting with Mackenzie, Billy McConnell, Keith Farmer when they were fighting for the championship. So that was nice. That got a few people kind of noticing me. Um, and Ian Newton runs a stock thousand team at BSB. And... I had known him since 12-year-old when I'd done the super teens in the 450s. And Ian went, do you fancy coming and riding for him? And it was an amazing team because even my mechanics are guys I had raced against in the past in the 450s. And it's such a nice family team. And it was a really nice place to go into. Um, they never expected anything from me in my first year. We won my first race at BSB, first race in Stock 1000 at Donington Park in the wet and that was the second round, it was just amazing, it kind of waiting for it, my full career um, just to do something in one of the premier classes then finished sixth that year in the championship um, signed again with Ian for the next year and we managed to get quite a few podiums, win a couple races and then fought for the championship, finally finishing third in the championship last year. It was good um, and the team was mega, but me and Ian had just discussed and 
we thought what's the best way to move forward and he's like I think you should go out speak to other teams see what's on the table so I've done that spoke to Lee Hardy and I've known Lee since I was 12 year old as well because he ran a team at Thunder Sport and it was just nice because the guys have watched you your full career and he was really wanting me to ride for him so signed this year in Stock and it's been a hard year the new Kawasaki that came out mega bike but it's just had a few niggly wee problems that obviously every bike has and it's been unfortunate because the aim this year was to win the championship finishing third last year no one wants to finish second so <laughs> the aim was to win it and the team I can't thank them enough they've been absolutely amazing um, but we'll just we've still got three rounds to go um, we can't win the championship but we can still try and fight for podiums and finish the year on a high. So that's my career up till now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, you know, going through your career, it's been, it's been like a, you've kind of followed the exact same path as me. We've both kind of done the exact same thing. And, you know, thinking about way back when, when you were just in the super teens and just in the, you know, on the 450, you know, if you'd have thought then that you'd be riding for like a, a proper, what you'd call a proper team, um, you know, like in years to come, like you probably would have, you know, snatched snatched it right out of someone's hand if they offered it to you. Um, and as well, I mean, I think it's all something that we always kind of forget. When we were riding super team bikes and riding like up through the classes, we've raced against some of the best riders in the world doing doing that. You know, what I mean, like some of the names that we've all raced against and and through the classes is just crazy. Um, and it's something that I think that we that's often overlooked for for some of the riders, especially in Scotland. You know, like, thing like that's where you can thank Alan enough because what Alan does in Scotland giving away many motos each year to kids to get them into the sport he's gave away 10 for the last 15 years and then this year he managed to give away 20 bikes but he's brought on so many kids giving them that opportunity but also like your cousin Dean Brown to go over and race in the Red Bull rookies at world level um, to then come back and race at British Super Sport at a high level, Kev Coughlin and Moto2. There's all people who have went through his programme, Craig Jones, everything. And you just think now it was the next group coming through. And for us to all still be racing, all still be friends, it's, if it wasn't for him, it just we wouldn't be here and then obviously for us Scottish riders it's so much harder making that jump down south with the financial backing sponsorship everything like that and then even trying to get in with the good teams because some teams like having a local rider riding for them um so it's quite hard to try and get a ride um but then once you're kind of in the door, it's just luck. I look at it as there's so many Scottish riders who should have definitely got a bigger opportunity than what they did because we um, we all brought up in Scotland has some amazing racing at not killing his fortune. Um, and it's just a shame that more people can't get the support to go down south. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, it's the same as literally every single person we've spoke to from all the different disciplines. It's always a case of the, the cash to, to start up to do it or the cash to go here, the cash to go there. Um, and it's such a, it's such a, like a drawback of our sport, I suppose, like you could say, like the, 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 it is like that, but you know, like the, 
the sponsorship is out there. I mean, if you look hard enough and if you're, like you say, a lot of the time it's just being in the right place at the right time or speaking to the right person, you will eventually get there if you try, you know what I mean? If you proper, you know, dig your elbows in and really, 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 you know, if you, if we if we did put together the amount of emails that we sent over our career, you, you're probably looking at hundreds of thousands of emails to different people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like letters and all that kind of stuff. So the stuff is there, but like you say, you know, like the, the, um, having Tosh there to give that opportunity to people is just crazy. And it's the same now with, um, you know, with Creel and the Supermoto guys coming into the SECU. They, they've given another avenue for people to go into, like for like Supermotos and um, for like little pit bikes and stuff like that as well. And it's like another avenue for people to take. Um, and even some of the, you know, some, the, the, all of the elite riders really are all on little pit bikes or Supermotos or something through the week. Yeah. Um, and well, that's the thing as well. Years ago, a lot of people came from motocross. Motocross was a bit cheaper to do, start with. Maybe some people never knew about mini motos, um, or at least that you couldn't, like that you could race them. So a lot of people would start their career off motocross, race the fifties, the sixty fives, the eighty fives, and then maybe make the jump to the one two five Aprilias and start their road racing. So there is a lot of different paths and that's where I think you need to support everyone because even there's people who start in go-karts and then move over or vice versa people who start on mini motos and then move to go-karts and start car racing um obviously your fiance her brother he was older and then started racing cars but it's the same for bikes you can start racing them at any age and Unfortunately, a lot of people now who race in Scotland is they would love to have done it when they were younger, but now they can do it because they've got good jobs, got the financial backing to be able to race in Scotland and compete on the bikes or in the cars. Well, that's the thing as well. I think it's like you know, you've you've got some even someone like Rory Butcher. Rory Butcher started off wanting to, to race bikes. He started off with Tosh, the same as me and you did, and now he's. Yeah. You know, Riding in a top team in the British Touring Car Championship, and it's his, it's his job. He's a professional racing car driver, so yeah. you know it does cross over a lot. And even like you say, even people like Callum Bay, who was riding at a top top level when he was young, you know, went away from the sport for a, you know a good few years, and now he's coming back to make a, a comeback. And uh, you know he's he's coming back and enjoying it probably more so than he did when he was when he was a youngster. So I think it's always yeah. good. It's always a good thing to say. Like, obviously, we always speak about it from being very, very young because that's what we did. But you can actually go into the sport at any age at all, can't you? I mean, it's not... Yeah. If you come in a little bit later, you know, people like, for instance, Shaky Byrne, he didn't start racing until he was, what, like, in his late 20s or 30s or something like that? Yeah. He made it to MotoGP and is, you know, six-time BSB champion or whatever. So, you know, age age is just a number at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And that's... It's good to get in to the sport young and obviously Spanish all the Europeans they get into it really young they're a couple of years ahead of us but it's it's one of them you need the support from your family that's the biggest thing from your mum and dad to be able to travel around Scotland even just taking you to the different rounds and it, it is hard but I think anything with an engine and wheels we're all we all just love it and if someone was like Lewis want to race a car next week I'd be like yeah <laughs> sidecars anything it's just we love being out there it's a lovely paddock 
being with everybody just it's it's good and even you know what it's like I'll come down to the racing when I can and I'm not even racing but um just to have a chat and catch up with everybody the, the, the talking rubbish is one of the best bits of the race, and I think, isn't it? Like, the, you know, the same as just now. Like, this is obviously like a, you know, some people would see going on a podcast as a task, but it's literally just us talking rubbish about about racing, and you can't, you'll never say no to that, will you? You'll never, ever say no to that. Um, now, like, through your career so far, you know, what would you say your biggest achievement has been so far, whether it be like a, a single race that you thought that you, you know, raced your raced out your skin or you know like a whole championship what would you say has been like the greatest achievement so far for you I always beat myself up and always try just to keep improving and that's probably one of my downfalls but um the super teens to obviously win a British championship at 12 year old that was amazing but it was one of them I was young. I don't really, I don't know if I was just maybe a wee bit further ahead there or whatever, but it was obviously nice, still an achievement to have, um, obviously, like, in my career. But I think as you move up the ladder, the competition gets harder. And when you move into stock fives, and it's a totally different level of race and probably one of the most competitive classes in Britain, if not the world, um, how close it is, the different manufacturers battling at the front, different experienced riders. At the weekend, I was battling against Hutchie. He's in his 40s, he's won TTs, he's won British Championships, he's done everything. He's been through the absolute wars, broke everything in his, every bone in his body. And you need to respect a man like that. And for me as a youngster still to be racing against him, he could be my dad. Um, but stock thousand, it just, it's so hard. And I think to be able to now run at the front of it and be known as a front runner, it's quite nice for people to think that. But last year, obviously this year's not been the best. We've got a podium at Donington, a third place. But last year on the Aprilia to fight, for the well to finish top three in the championship um fight for the championship right down to the last round win races get podiums lap records pole positions it just when you start rolling like that it just it's an amazing feeling and all in park last year we turned up and just something clicked that weekend and i was like p3 and fp1 p2 and fp2 um, I think I qualified on the front row, so that was like my first front row start from qualifying. Um, when I won the first race, um, then went out and finished second in the second race. So to have a weekend like that, just from start to finish, no problems, the confidence building all weekend, it just it was nice and looking at wee things like lap times that's what we all work on and I had done 11 laps out of the 14 within 0.1 of a second each other and you come in and you just think that was easy like you hit your apexes your breaking markers and it just 
it was such a nice weekend and we were playing with things like, oh, what will we do? Oh, we'll just put a couple of clicks of compression on just so we gave ourselves something to do. But it's it's nice and you only get one of the weekends every, I don't know, three or four years. So um, that was nice. But obviously, I just always think just try and improve. You're always learning. Every round you're learning, and we're back to Alton Park this weekend. We've had a few problems these last few rounds, but we managed to fix them at uh, Silverstone at the last round. So I'm hoping this weekend we can turn up to Alton. We've been there before this year. Um, turn up and try and have another one of the weekends like we did last year. I think that, you know, like that weekend was a big weekend. Um, for everybody in regards to you, because am I not right in saying that weekend it was one wet race and one dry race, or one damp race and one dry race? Um, I think the second one was damp as dry and towards the end. Because, you know, like, beforehand, obviously, your your win had came in the in the wet conditions, and I think everybody kind of seen you as, like, a, a wet weather guy. But I think yeah. that weekend you proper like asserted yourself as no, I'm I'm an all weather guy. Like I can I can do everything. Like you know what I mean. Especially from that's that's my biggest thing. My first win in stock thousand was in the wet. Most of my podiums in the past had sometimes been in the wet as well. And it's one of them. Everyone has the joke. Oh, you're Scottish. You're used to riding in the wet. But it's one of them. I don't. The wet's a hard one. It's all down to luck, all down to how much time you spent in the wet riding, your setup, your feel for the bike, how comfortable you feel on the bike. And that's one thing we're learning all the time and every weekend. It's in the wet, it's always different. So one time it can be totally soaking, next time start drying. Like there's so many different things to go into. And I just, I don't really class the wet as a race. It's just kind of pure luck. So you'll know from talking to me, when I get a podium in the wet, I don't count it. I'm like, I want to beat the guys when we've all had a full weekend riding in the dry. We're all on lap record pace. We're all as competitive as we can be. And then you can hold your hands up and say, I want to race and I bet the fastest guys in the class and it was all fair. Um, this year, our podium again was in the wet, so we're still waiting for a dry podium, but we can do it. We, the bike's capable of it. I'm capable of it. It's just having all the luck and everything clicking together, because this year, we've been under the lap record at every track we've went to, and it just it shows every year, everyone says it, but it does just keep getting harder and harder. Um each year so it's good you're always learning and it's good to race against the fastest people and it only can bring you on as a rider I think it's one thing as well to note that like you know you're, you're saying you're having a bad year but you know you can still you can still class this as not a bad year when you think about it in the long run because someone for instance like Taylor McKenzie who's you know won the stock championship is it twice um he's yeah. having an absolute nightmare this year as well. You know what I mean? There's if things don't fall your way, then they don't fall your way. But it's I think that's one of the things that tests you as a rider. But it tests. It's like it almost makes you a better rider, and it makes the good times feel even better when you're having a rough time. So well, that's that's what 
that's what we've spoke about because you look at the guys in the class, Christy Rice, ex-champion, Billy McConnell, he's finished runner-up twice, I think. Um, he's been in it for years. You've got Luke Mossy, ex-BSB. You've got Taylor McKenzie, ex-British championship you, champion. You've got Alex Olsen, the Neve brothers. You've got so many boys who all can win races, all can win championships, but it takes luck and everything to work just to win one race, not to, to try and win a championship is a totally different level again. And especially in stock fives, and one weekend you can win and the next weekend you can be back outside the top 10 because there's a good 15 boys who could put themselves on the podium. But when you look at like... Um... That's at circuits like Knockhill or like Silverstone, and you're 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 talking like 0 0.8, 0 0.9 of a second covering the top twenty-five. I mean, it's just it's ridiculously close. And that's the thing you have. You can go out and qualify and make a mistake, have a bike problem, and then you go out and you're like two seconds off the pace because you've only done a couple of laps, but then you won't qualify for the race because there's that many boys turning up to each round. Only a certain amount can race at each uh, round. And even sometimes for some boys, it's just being able to qualify, to be able to race as their goal because you're still within two seconds uh, the fastest guys in Britain. And two seconds is a lot in racing, but to people when they're moving up and learning, Two sec to be two seconds off a of British, it's it's not a lot, and that's what it's nice for everybody, and it is hard. But obviously, when you're at the front and you're trying to improve each year, your expectations get higher and higher. And like you said, I've not had a bad year. I'm still top ten in the championship. I can still get top five, I think, by the end of the year. Um, not as good as I obviously did last year, but it's different. You're, you have changed team, I've changed bike. And that's what Lee Hardy has said to me when, okay, it's been a hard year, but it'll make me stronger. And like you said, it's mentally it's hard because you've got the expectations on yourself. But I think you have to just keep your head down, keep working, and hopefully these hard times do make easier when the good times come and the next time I get that podium um, I will just burst into tears because how hard it's been this year it's to get a podium or get a win it would just mean the absolute world because we've been wanting it all year and the team's worked hard I've worked hard and we just need a bit of luck really <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely I think it's um, it actually leads on to the next my next question quite well you know, like going through your career, I mean, we've tell us some of the challenges that you've faced through the years to, to get where you're at today. Yeah, well, you break bones and they hold you back. I was 13 year old at Angles, I broke my ribs, punctured lung, got airlifted, um, arms, ankles, wrists, fingers, hands, toes, feet, kneecaps. <laughs> Everything you just but that's part of it. You still think I'll get fixed. And I think when I broke my ribs, punctured my lung, I was back on the bike three weeks later, 
and we had foam wrapped around my tank, duct taped on. So when I would come over the hill at Knock Hill, it was like a bit more padding on me, just so we could win the Scottish Championship. And my mum, she's going mental because I'm 13 year old sons and bits, but me and my dad still head down and just we've got our goals. And that's the biggest thing, I, I think when you move up to high school, they're asking you what job you want to do and you would turn around and say, oh, I want to be a bike racer now. What do you actually want to do? And it's not until maybe the last year I thought, no, why can't you do it? But I think you've got to just always keep your head down, keep pushing because sometimes people say, no, you can't do it. And you have the bad years and then you go, oh, the people are right. And it's horrible, especially when you're younger and you've got that goal, um, that there's not the people supporting you. But my dad, my mum, my family, friends, um, the people in the racing paddock, like you and your family, you're, there's people behind you 100%. And it's nice when you're having a bad weekend to go on social media and everyone's like, keep your chin up, Lewis. You can do it. We've all, we're all behind you. And that's the biggest thing my mum and dad I can't thank them enough my dad he would just do everything for me to make sure that I'm up the front so now it's it's nice it's always hard but we've we're getting there and hopefully we can just keep moving forward that's it you know like speaking of moving forward like have you got a five-year plan like ahead of you like what's your what's your goal if you to say look five years into the future what would you like to see at the end of last year, I could have went into superbikes, but I went, no, I want to win the stock phase and championship. I went, that is my next goal because there was still people doubting me, saying they wouldn't class me as a championship contender. And I just thought, I finished third. What else am I meant to do? And then I was like, I just need to go out and win it. And that was my goal. It's not quite went to plan this year, but... I'm with a good team. Um, you see what Lee Hardy's done with Jake Dixon, uh, with Ryan Vickers. He always sticks with young riders, brings them through and supports them. And I would love to stay with Lee. Um, if the chance was there to go superbikes, obviously I'd bite his hand off. And I think to move into superbikes with a team like that, who would support you, they would stick by you, They've got all the experience working with a young rider. Um, I've had a year with them already. It would just be amazing. But obviously there's other teams that I'll approach you as well to see if you want to race for them. So I've still not spoke to anybody um, about next year, but I don't know. Obviously, stock thousand, if i am got a good ride, good team in there, um, where I can win the championship, you've obviously got to try and go for it. Um, but if the opportunity comes up to go super bikes, that's what we've all wanted to do since we were kids. So going super bikes, that would be the next goal. Go in, not expect anything. It's another step up again. Um, see what we can do in that. But obviously the goal again, run at the front of the championship. Um, I've had a few years on a big bike now so you'd like to think you've got the experience it's just learning the slick tyres and the different way the super bike works run at the front of that and then I'm still 22 
you never know by the time I'm 25, 26, if you are running at the front of British Superbikes, what doors that could open to go maybe Moto2 like what Jake Dixon's done or go World Superbikes like what Alex Lowe's, Jonathan Ray, everybody like that had done. Yeah, 100%. Like you say, I mean, it's actually probably a good message to, you know, give to any kids that are listening. Like, you know, like if the, no matter what people say, if you've got something you believe in, go for it. And there's no reason why you should think. It's, it's literally a case of why not? You know what I mean? It's not a case of, oh, this might happen, that might happen. Why not give it a go and see see what you get? And if you give it your all and it doesn't happen, then you know you've given it your all and that's it. But um, uh-huh. if you to not do it and then you would always be wondering what if. So I would 100% agree with you. There's the pressure. There's the pressure you put on yourself as a rider, but also your mum and dad have given up their full life to support you. My mum and dad, my dad sold motorbikes, sold cars, bought vans, caravans, motorhomes. I don't know how many race bikes to put me out racing and you think how much work goes into it from a family point of view. My sisters, you're the same. My sister's not getting to go on family holidays, not getting to go away with their friends because they're away racing following me. So everybody is affected, but when you do well and you have the good weekends, they're the ones who are behind you, beside you on the podium, seeing you spraying that champagne and, they love it just as much as you and from that you've got the sponsors i think it's one thing as well that we should we should we should probably note like um although we're saying like the, the you know the sisters and family members get to you know, need to miss out on holidays and things like that but if you imagine like you know for Murren for yourself Murren and charlie and for me Corey and carla like they they've all they think of the people that they've met through the racing and the yeah. things that they now have like they like Corey and carla now come to the racing for me not for not to watch me, they come for the the banter. You know what I mean? Like they've got a whole, there's a whole group of people who don't race, but are they are supporting their family or supporting someone they know, and that's like a little family in amongst itself off the track. Yeah, um, so you look at. I've had a couple of girlfriends from the race, and you've now got a fiance from the race, and um, the people in the paddock who end up in relationships friends I've been friends with you since I was six year old come through to your house see your family um it is and then it's even like I go down to when I'm down at BSB I go round all the teams but I'm into Aprilia still I've not fell out with them they still supported me my last two years of my career so you go round you say hi to them you speak to them you catch up with everybody and it's then in the winter, yous are all away. It's like you've not seen each other for ages. You go to the presentation at the end of the year, even if you've not got a trophy, just to see everybody and have a laugh. Um, you meet up with people. I'm going to go over to Ireland in the winter, meet up with Reese Irwin. Um, like, it just, it all just, everybody meeting everyone. And I'm sure the car seems the same. It's It's a nice place to be. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think that I think that's the same in everything. Like you know, like even through all the disciplines, you know, like motocross is a big family as well. Like I've been to a few motocross meetings, and you know, obviously it's heated. I mean, like you are rivals at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, but nine times out of ten, everything stays on the track, and you know, you're 
you'll shake hands at the end of it and that's you know I mean if you've been beaten you've been beaten fair and square it's always it always generally ends up quite you know it's always a good atmosphere in the paddock after it isn't it it's never tense or anything like that it's not like it's not it's not like an Olympic village where there'll be people you know literally yeah. tearing each other's throats out the next thing is so this is actually a, quite, a pretty good one what would you say your biggest motivation is you know to to get from the very very beginning racing many motos getting to where you're at just now to get through the hard times what's your biggest motivation as a as a rider it's it's that support from such a young age and going to the mini motos still to help alan when i can um i see the kids turn up and it's just amazing seeing them with their smiles on their faces and obviously now in bsb my name's a bit bigger and the kids support me they see me on tv and it's nice turning up and I'm going, oh, there's Lewis and coming and talking to me, getting photos and they're all supporting you. And I just think they're looking up to me and, okay, I'm not achieving what I've, I want to achieve personally, but they're all still looking up to me as a role model. And it just makes me want it more and more. And I like going up to days like that, helping out, um, helping them with what I can, go out on the mini motos, race around with them. And then it's just nice seeing them get to live their dream. And if I can help them, give them support, where I maybe lacked a wee bit when I was younger, um, it just, it gives me that motivation to keep improving myself. At the weekend at Silverstone, Aidan Davies won that junior super sport race. And I had a tear in my eye because I've known him since he was six year old. I've watched him grow up. I've raced against him on the mini bikes. And to see him come in, get that podium, his dad be there, you know how hard they've worked as well. Um, I still help Aidan as much as I can. And you think that's the motivation as well. Keep moving forward. If I can get into BSB, then if I can run at the front and then you can keep working forward and have the people behind you supporting you and it's just amazing even just people spectators watching you giving you that support on social media coming to the rounds watching you it's just everything motivates you just to do better to make everyone else happy i think that's one you know really really good thing to to say as well you know like when you start off as a kid you're you're there for the fun of it you're there for riding your bike and you know you do get like we were saying earlier you know the proper motocross dads who will be like proper on on their backs and stuff like that but as a kid like if there's any parents listening who maybe see themselves as a bit of a motocross dad 100 percent, i would say that in the first part of your kid's career even if they are like an in an elite at an elite level for that for that level 100 percent still needs to be fun it can't be it can't be like a an elitist you, you can't it's not an elitist sport at that age at all um, and it can't be really you need to keep it fun for for the kids and that's when everyone's happy everything's just so much easier and that's my biggest thing i've never listened to my dad you're the same um so i know where it is from a kid's point of view and that's where i like trying to help because they'll listen to me where they won't listen to their dad um and it's just, it's nice being able to give that support. And if they listen, they listen. But if not, you've tried your best. And at least you're there helping them on their career path as well. I think as well that a lot of the time when you eventually do say something to, to a kid, to like knowing that they're going to listen to you, 
you often I often say anyway when it when it's me, I would say like, did your dad not like oh you've just went and done it because I've said to do it. Did your dad not tell you to do that like the last time and you didn't <laughs> do it? Because generally your dad, you know, nine times out of ten your dad will not be a million miles away. And it's one thing that I've learned through through what I've done um in my career is that everybody who's helping you they're not they're helping you to try and make you better and their goal is to make you better than what they can help you if that makes any sense uh-huh. like they want you to outgrow them that's that's how everybody wants it to be and it's the same with sponsors and stuff like that you know you start off with your local sponsors who would maybe give you like 50 quid and you know that 50 quid at the time is like a, a real big thing and they'll get like a sticker on the bike and stuff like that but they don't they want that 50 they're not giving you that 50 quid for you know to, to benefit their business they're be, they, they want it to, to help you out and they want you to outgrow them as a business they want you to then get another sponsor who's going to give you a hundred quid and then you know a thousand quid or whatever it is and uh, that's that's been the case through everybody who's ever helped helped out me once they're doing it to help me get better it's not because but the biggest thing is the support not the money the support that they've gave you from when i was 12 year old to 22 year old 10 years of just about half my life they've been by my side supporting me so what advice would you have for someone considering joining the sport? So like for obviously we would both say, you know, get in contact with like Tosh or go to get in contact with the SECU and go through the supermoto um like the supermoto avenue. Other than other than obviously where to join, what would your advice be to to someone who's considering joining? Doesn't matter if you're six year old or if you're 40 year old. If you want to race a motorbike, go and race a motorbike. If you want to race a car, go and race a car. You only live once. If you've got friends there supporting you, it's like Callum Bay. We've known him since he was six-year-old when we were all kids, and we grew up together. He went to BSB before both of us. Um, he ran at the front. He got podiums in the GP125 um, class. He was there, but then unfortunately, like, things happen family wise and he had to pull out the sport but he's came back now he's got his caravan he's got his van he's got his r6 he's got his mates in the van he's got my sister there helping him and you think that lad's been at bsb he's raced he was one of the next big things but sometimes luck isn't on his side but he's never gave up he's always he's kept working he's got a job he's saved up money and he's went out and he's back in the sport he loves having fun and that's my biggest thing I think you just you need to commit you need to save up your money you need to buy a bike you need to get out there I definitely just commit get to Knock Hill do track days Dennis Hobbs Gemma Julian they're all there supporting you they'll help you get into it Dennis obviously ex-BSB so He's been at that level and now he's back supporting everybody on track days out helping people. So there's always someone there who can help you. No, 100%. And I think, um, you know, like thinking about, you know, in particular Stuart, I mean, he came, done. he's doing CB500s this year. And at the weekend at, at Knock Hill, you know, we're sitting at the side of the track and, uh, you know, there's like the, the two, Ross McCulloch, who's already won the championship, You've got Finn Chalk, and then there was like a battle of three or four riders. Stuart was in for the for the last spot on the podium in his first year racing on his in his orange bib. Like I was, you know, we're sitting at the side of this track, like getting all hyped up <laughs> and all that. And it's just so cool to see someone who's just literally just starting in their career, um, 
in the you know with the orange bib on, novice bib on, and you're battling for podiums. It's just so cool to see. That's the biggest thing, Stuart. I've known him since I was again six years old. He'd done the mini motos. Unfortunately, his dad passed away when he was young, and his mum couldn't support him in the mini motos. But he grew up. His mum got him a motocross bike. He went and raced motocross. Then he had enough for that. He went and raced mountain bikes. Then he got a pedal trials bike. He competed in the Scottish Championship and that. He'd done enduros. He went to the army. Like, what he's done as a young guy is amazing. And now he goes, okay, what's next on my bucket list? I want to race motorbikes. And he's got out. He's on the CB500, ripping it up. He's on the phone to me after the weekend. Oh, I crashed about four times and then I was <laughs> in the battle. They went like the podium and you think even how happy he is. But now he looks at it as, okay, what's next? 600. Then you've always got that goal. No matter what level you're at, you always want to better yourself. You always want to improve and... It's just, it's good that there's everyone there supporting you do that, like doing it as well. No, 100%, 100%. Um, so we'll just kind of round off really quickly with some quick fire questions. So who would you say your biggest inspiration is in the sport? Uh, got to be Valentino Rossi. I know the last few years hasn't been great, but you've still got to think for a 40-odd-year-old man to be racing at the highest level in the world and done what he's done in his career, amazing. But then you look at people, Quattararo, um, Martin, young people, to be going into a high level at such a young age, being competitive. But it's just nice knowing that it's possible, giving you something tame for again. Just just before we go to the next question, is it not so funny that the last round that um, Mizano, he's always got a special helmet for Mizano, and the 2020 helmet was a, a four pack of Viagra, and then this year it was <laughs> a, it was a pink helmet with a bow on it because he's having a little girl. A year later, after the Viagra helmet, he's having a little girl. I think that's just hilarious. Um, so, next question is: What is your favourite track? Now, this can be any track through your whole career, whether it be in Britain and uh, in Britain on mini bikes, on big bikes, whatever you want. Um. I don't really say a favourite track I kind of keep that away but Oldham Park um, it's been a track I've enjoyed on every bike from a 125 when you're 12 year old coming round to turn 2 and you're dropping down probably three, like three floors down to the bottom straight then into the hairpin What's it doesn't look on TV but it's like that and then you're coming up over hills and then the bigger bikes you get on then they start wheeling and they start moving about jumping and that's it's just such an amazing track and it's always on like a bank holiday weekend and the support the like the crowd there it's just an amazing place to be you like you say like on on the bigger bikes at Oldham Park when you go through the second to last corner over the wooey bit as I call it like the the bigger <laughs> bike you go up that's just an absolute roller coaster of a bit. Yeah, but then I better say Knock Hill as well or I'll get battered. <laughs> <laughs> but Knock Hill's the same. You've got for such a wee track, such a short lap time. You've got a bit of everything, and Knock Hill 
I was there last week. I'm on an MTO9 um, supplied by Alan Duffus um, on a Neil McKenzie track day. I turn up, the place is heaving, the sun's out. It was like 20 degrees. Me and Rory Skinner there, Dennis Hobbs, Neil McKenzie. And you're going out. I had no tyre warmers. You're out and you're just riding around on this MTO9 road bike, road tyres. Thinking I can't crash this, but the fun you have, and there's boys out on adventure like BMW GSs, and they're out passing sport bikes. But everyone's there for the same reason, and then it was nice just for a change, a different day out, and not kill. I think when you get a day like that where the sun was out, it's just such a brilliant wee track, and get loads of laps in, and it's uh, it's good fun. I think as well, like you know, we're kind of saying it's quite difficult to to make a career out of bikes from Scotland. It's 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 not, but you know, if you work hard enough. But the tracks that we've got up here, you know, not kill and clockwise and anti-clockwise and at East Fortune, it actually prepares you quite well for when you go down south because you do literally have a bit of everything. You've got some on camera, some off camera, some slow, some fast, some ups and downs. Like you've literally got a bit of everything to kind of learn those skills before you go to big tracks for instance like Alton Park which has literally got everything in it as well and um, uh, it, it stands you in quite good stead for when you go down there because you've had the practice up here can I swear <laughs> <laughs> you can it better than anybody I find it <laughs> <laughs> the um, you know like this it's one thing as well that all of us Everybody from all the disciplines, you you kind of you nobody's like a nobody's as mad as a brush. I mean, some of us are, but you know, like we we all have a lot of fun and we all have a laugh. And you know, I think you need to have that little bit of kind of kind of naughtiness in you, if you like. Like you can't you can't yeah. be like really really boring and do this. You always have to have a wee bit of a a wee bit of a bad streak in you. You've got like I've said before earlier on, you can't be serious. You've got to have a laugh, like. Me at not kill pulling your trousers down. I don't think I've ever seen so many people laugh in one place, and everyone had a tear in their eye. But the fact that you never turned round and punched me, <laughs> knocked me out, it just everyone had a carry on and laughing. That's the thing again, family, the friendly atmosphere. It's such a good laugh, and like you say, a carry on, and you know, I'm. I like a good joke and a carry on. And it's the same at BSB. Me and Lee Hardy, um, I think everyone knows kind of him and Jake. They used to have quite a laugh and a carry on. And me and him's the same. Like, me and him's crying half the time, just having a laugh. And that's one thing I like about the team as well. It's a good bunch of guys. And... um, uh, we have a proper carry on. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, well, this is kind of the last question before we round up. So, other than racing bikes, um, what's are there any other hobbies that you have? What, what else do you do just for fun? Um, and um, with wheels, really, I go out motocross, and um, I like going out there. Something different keeps you busy, keeps you on a bike. Um. Up to the mini motos when I can, help Alan out, see the kids, help them. Trials bikes, I've got a trials bike. I go away up the hills in the woods, potter about in that. The, there's a 
like the Scottish Trials thing, they come up into just outside Gifford, so it's only five minutes away from my house. With COVID, it's not been running, but um, we can still go up and use the land, and that's quite good fun. It's just, it teaches you different things. Uh, balance, throttle control, clutch, brakes, go out mountain biking. Um, it's fun down to, like, Glen Tresson or leaving. Oh, just I've got my car. I like mucking about with that, and uh, just anything. Eh? Just I like being out the house, keeping busy. Um, even my work. I know it sounds stupid, but joinery. I enjoy doing it. You, it's something different. It takes your mind away from bike racing sometimes, and you go out and you've still got your clients asking you, "Oh, how did you get on at the weekend?" and okay, you're still talking about motorbikes all the time, but it's it's nice just going out, keeping busy. That's it. And, you know, it's actually quite a, a, cool, it's quite a cool thing, I think, because a lot of the people in the, the bike racing world have got a trade as well, haven't they, as, as well as racing bikes. You know, there's a lot of them who are who are tradesmen as well. So there'll be, like, for instance, like Steve Kershaw, he's got his own joinery business as well. And um, he, was, that's what he was saying, you know, like he'll be away you know racing one weekend on the weekend you know travel home on the Sunday night and be up you know hardly get get to bed and be back out on the Monday morning fitting doors or something like that it's just it's just so cool like the people will be looking up to like you say you know, looking up to you guys and um they'll not realize you know they'll just see this kind of like superstar on the tv but actually you're just a normal yeah. person who races a bike <laughs> that was like last year like i said when i had that round at all and just everything was amazing you're out in the front of the garage signing posters handing them out to people and like you feel like wow this is amazing and then you get home at what one o'clock two o'clock in the morning your alarm's off at seven o'clock you're at the yard for half seven then you're at a job for eight and the clients are moaning at you my brother's down the phone <laughs> asking what's going on God. I've been away the Thursday, Friday, and everything that was meant to be done hasn't been done, and you just uh, reality hits <laughs> back straight away, and you think, "Can I just go back racing?" It was a lot easier, but sometimes it's the opposite way. You have a bad weekend, and you get to the race, and you are you've got a bad weekend at the race, and you go to your work on a Monday. Your your guys have a laugh with you slag you a wee bit or oh, you were a bit slow at the weekend and everything but takes your mind off it and sometimes you need that like you say that trade and to put you back to reality it shows you how hard you want it and a motivational thing again when I'm 50 year old I don't want to be waking up <laughs> uh, going and getting moaned at because I've fitted doors wrong or something you want to <laughs> be out on motorbikes and just having fun so it's one of them another motivational thing just keep your head down and hopefully one day don't need to be a joiner no absolutely absolutely um so before we kind of round this out do you have you got anybody i mean you you'd we'd be here all day if we'd be thanking everybody through your whole career you know what i mean but you know like some of the the kind of standout ones from the from this year of course and then from previous years if you want whatever whoever you want to shout out Obviously, biggest thing, SACU, um, running the bike racing um, in Scotland, um, not Kelly's fortune, um, 
every year putting uh, the races on for us all. Alan for being there. Um, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be where I am today if Alan hadn't gave me that many motor when I was six-year-old pestering him, <laughs> knocking on his door. Um, so, so many people, my mum, my dad, my family, friends, the work they've put in, everybody for the support I can, especially being down at BSB with COVID the last few years not having spectators, it does get hard because sometimes that weekend where you're walking through the paddock and bump into someone you know from up here, that support, knowing that they're, they've came down to support you, it's just nice. But social media is such a big thing now. Everyone on that saying, well done, keep your head up, everyone's there for you and it's nice to know even though I'm down south you've still got the support from everyone um, and biggest thing my sponsors if it wasn't for them I wouldn't be where I am either and for them to keep supporting me year in year out is amazing and um, hopefully we can keep going and see where we end up next year or in the next few years well, this is a place to give them all a shout out, so give give them all a shout out. Oh, I'll get my helmet. I'm in the <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, Evolution Waste, then there's Keith, Jim. They've came, I met them, they're from Dumfries. Um, they came, I don't know, they've been at the race in the last 30, 40 years, you know them. They turn up, they've got the video cameras out, the cameras are taking photos, they come up the next weekend, they hand the photos into your awning for you. Um, I met them when I was 12 year old at Thundersport in the Super Teens and they, they started coming just giving me photos and then we were like, oh that's perfect, give them a cup of tea. Then they keep coming back each weekend and now we're stuck with them. Uh, but <laughs> Both of them have ran charity events for me, race nights, Fulham nights. They've done, they've videoed me when I've been down at all the Thundersport meetings because sometimes the uh, TV coverage wasn't like that great. So they would video it, make up wee videos, and we'd run Fulham nights to raise money for my racing. And they've been able to help me personally, sponsorship wise. John Easton, John Wright, I've known John Easton from. The Scottish paddock, he's supporting me, John Wright. I met him on many motos because he used to race go-karts. He would come along to many motos, met him. Bro Beard Oil's family friend, he's sponsored me since I was on many motos as well. Prentice Coaches, um, the local bus company, um, he sponsors us our fuel for travelling up and down south. So another huge help to us. Um a new sponsor this year, Car Hunters, my physio, um, Stuart, my personal trainer, Bellhaven Bikes and Dunbar. Um, he used to race at East Fortune in Knock Hill. Uh, if you go in and ask him about it, he'll tell you all his stories. Um, he's supporting me, Traley Bay, David Shellcock and Liam Shellcock, Matthew Shellcock, another family of bike racers. Um and they support me now and obviously raced at BSB Scoot about Aberdeen Kawasaki, um, Craig Sherlaw. He's 
he helped me in 600s, giving me a bike to race. That got me out in the 600s and then at BSB. And he's came back on board this year, obviously, with me signing with Kawasaki. But you've got everyone, Oxford Products, helping me with helmets, um, JNS accessories with leathers. The list goes on. You've got my mum and dad there, the biggest <laughs> financial support. Luckily now, they've took a step back and um, they can start treating themselves in a way. But now, nah, just everybody really, and even over the years, sponsors who have helped me um, who can anymore, but they're, they're still part of my career. Um, it's like Alan. Alan helped me from many motors. He still texts me, he still messages me asking what's going on when I'm qualifying rubbish and everyone's there. Even people who can't support you with money, that just support of being there, it means the world. And um, 56N as well, they're on my leathers uh, over there. But nah, there's a big team of guys, everyone makes it possible. And um, it's just, it's good because you know yourself, you wouldn't be racing if it wasn't for them. The one sponsor that I'm very jealous of from your team is, uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on the bike, is the Handmade Donut Company. That must be one of the yeah. best sponsors ever to have. So that that's a guy called Andrew and he actually owns part of the team. Um, and he kind of just stays in the background, but he's an absolutely brilliant guy. He loves... Uh, he loves just bike racing and being part of it. And he comes along, he doesn't work on the bikes or that really, but at the workshop, he's loading the truck and helping out as much as he can. And it's a brilliant sponsor. He actually owns the fish and chip shop as well. So you'll see on the Mother Hubbard's fish and chip shop, and then you've got the donut company as well. So I've been down at the down at the team's base um, down near Snetterton and he's coming round with the fish and chips <laughs> one night for you then the boxes of donuts and you're like Andrew I'm, I'm going to be out training <laughs> but the team owner's there feeding you fish and chips and you want curry sauce mushy peas <laughs> so um, I am in my element when I'm down there but even the team Having RAF um, supporting them, having the guys at every round doing the recruitment, um, like stalls and everything like that. It's just nice. I go round to the stand to sign photos for people. Um, and being on the stand, all the different characters you meet again, um, some of them's never been to a bike racing meeting before. They're there to work, but they love it. And they're like, oh, I'm going to bring my... Uh, daughter and son to this to watch and you never know that might then make the son go wow I want to race motorbikes and it just there's so many different ways and that's the thing for sponsors like you've said they don't make more money from it they don't they're doing it because they love the sport and want to be a part of it and I think that's the biggest thing for companies out there if you want to support someone, go to a meet and watch, see who you like out on track and go and speak to them in the paddock. And if you can help someone, 
it's making their dreams come true pretty much and the help it's got for the family, the mums, the dads, the kids trying to support them. Um, I've had guys come round to just give you brake cleaner and chain lube, but it's one thing that you don't need to buy. Um, and then all of a sudden, all the wee things add up and help. And even if you think, oh, 50 quid or 20 quid on a um, GoFundMe page, oh, that's no much. It, it all adds up and it all helps people towards their end goal. That's the thing as well. Like, you know, like when we're talking about the, 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 little, the little things, if you like, and the, you know, the sponsors who will give you... So, for instance, if a sponsor gave you a thousand pounds, you know they're not maybe going to get a thousand pounds worth of business of it, of off of it. But if that company is then better known, so if in a year's time, say someone needs something that that company sells, then they're going to go there because they've seen it on one of their bikes. You know, like the the investment in a in a bike racer is obviously because you want to help the bike racer, but there is so much that they can get from it as well. It might not be instant. It might not be, you know, though if they give a thousand pounds, they're not going to earn that thousand pounds back in a week or a year or whatever. But yeah. um, the, you know, over the over the time helping helping us out. The thing, like I said, Bellhaven Bikes. It's a push bike shop. Every person who comes in there, oh, I want a push bike. But see, when someone comes in and goes, oh, Lewis done good at the weekend day, eh? they'll not get it the place because Colin, Colin's been on the edges, kind screaming at the TV, shouting, supporting me. And for someone to come in, like, for what Colin supports me, giving me my road bike for my training and my tyres for it, my mountain bike stuff, things like that, the way he supports me, it helps me in so many ways because I'm not having to go out and try and fund my training side of it and for him to then start talking about motorbikes he loves it as well because it's given he'll stand there honestly for three or four hours talking to someone about motorbikes because he just loves it and that's the biggest thing with sponsors if they love it okay they're not getting money back but having someone come in going oh i've seen your name on the helmet or on the bike it's just it's good because they're part of it part of the team yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so is there anything else you want to add that we've we've not had in? Um, nah, just obviously, thanks to you for getting me on and talking rubbish. Um, and then just if anyone now that BSB's obviously open to crowds, I know there's only three rounds to go. I don't know when this will go out, but probably with two rounds to go. Um, but if you're there, pop round, say hi. I can show you around the garage. If your son or daughter's there, get them sitting on the bike for some pictures. Um, hopefully, get next year sorted out. We'll get that posted on social media. Um, get the winter out of the way. I should be racing, hopefully, at the Scottish uh, Winter Series on the motocross. So if you want a laugh, you can come and watch me at that. I think that's when your ambition outweighs your talent. <laughs> um, and then I'll just be out pottering about you'll see me anywhere on mountain bikes trials bikes but next year hopefully bsb can have a full year with crowds there and i think to have not killed back with like full crowds will just be unreal get everybody there and um i don't know if we're in stock thousand or bsb hopefully be running at the front and uh put on a good show for everyone 
So, you know, for any any potential sponsors that are out there who are listening who want to get involved, is there any is there any specific email addresses or social media or anything like that? that um, my my email address is lewisrolloracing at gmail dot com. Um, but Facebook Lewis Rollo Lewis Rollo Racing. Um, Instagram is Rollo Racing, so you can follow me on that on Instagram. I try and keep everyone up to date, obviously, on Instagram, Facebook, and um, it's just, like I've said, nice having that support in the comments and messages and everything. No, 100%, 100%. We'll probably have you on as a repeat guest anyway before, hopefully before the start of next year, so we can hear what you're doing and how your, how your winter series has went on the motocross bike. <laughs> um, I'll, be, I'll be hearing a cast of my leg <laughs> It's one thing that we are all super competitive. Like at the weekend, um, at the last weekend we were racing at East Fortune, I got the outright lap record of a 40, 40, 40 I wish, a 57.5. And uh, I beat Paul's lap record by like 0.1 of a second. You know, he messaged me to say well done. And I was like, uh-huh. does this mean there's going to be a road racing comeback? Because somebody <laughs> took the lap record and they went, oh, see. <laughs> It's always so they, they, to be honest, they've been building his BMW back up in the garage, so there might be. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's that's the thing. Even when you go mountain biking, like me, Logan, and Paul, it's not any of our sports, but we all still want to be the fastest down the hill. And we're hitting trees, we're coming back, all our shoulders are all cut open and everything, and you just you're out on road bikes, you're all pushing, trying to like beat each other on the cycle bikes. Like it's just everything you do is a competition. Callum Bay, me and him, he went he was going out with my wee sister. So we went up and went crazy golfing. And me and him are both like proper serious. Like and the girls are like, oh let us beat you. And that me and you when we were bowling, mind when we went bowling. Um uh, where was that staff play? I was, was it, it was me, you, Greg O'Fillin, wasn't it? The three of us were there. Oh, I... <laughs> well. My goodness, honestly. It was I, I actually think I went home raging that day because I'd lost. Genuinely, I think I went home raging. <laughs> but it's the same when we all turn up to the mini motors for an endurance race and we all get serious. But at the end of the day, if we didn't have that hunger to win or be the best, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. And it's just good that we can all still be friends and have a laugh at the end of it. I know, that's it, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was amazing. Thank you very much for coming on and we'll uh, hopefully get you on as a repeat guest, like I say, and we'll hopefully see you in Superbikes in the next couple of years. Uh Good man. Thank you. No problem. We'll see you soon.